0: Welcome to another of the 10-Minute Cood Street Podcast. This is Gary Wolf, and today I'm spending 10 minutes, or more or less, with the uh, author, editor, artist, and winner of ridiculous numbers of Dittmar and Aurealis Awards, Kat Sparks. How are you doing today, Kat?
1: I'm doing great, Gary. How are you? Uh, doing
0: well, as I um, have have talk to other people uh, in Australia, it sounds to me like you have a more relaxed atmosphere there than we have here in the States.
1: I think that's very true. Australia is a bit more, more, of a, it's more of a more relaxed country anyway, We're we're quite mm-hmm. laid back people at the best and worst of times. But Australia's been lucky in its isolation from the rest of the world due to the fact of it being a large island in the first place with strict quarantine, biological quarantine procedures mm-hmm. in place. Uh, We haven't had as many cases of the virus, and um, for once our government hopped on board and did the right thing by the people. So um, uh, where I live in Canberra, we haven't had many cases at all, and we've been following all the rules, done everything properly, but I mean, I went to the mall the other day, and I didn't see any masks, and I don't think people are too worried. And
0: the mall was open?
1: Oh, the mall's been open because we've been able to go to the supermarket. I mean, a lot of things have shut. And, of course, uh-huh. small business has been hit terribly. Um, there are going to be a lot um, ongoing problems with unemployment. I think our rate is going to be is set at 10% at the moment, same as anywhere. But there's not this fear. I, there's a fear I, I sense reading um, reports coming out of the U.S. And I, I don't. Maybe it's just that Canberra itself has been more relaxed. Uh, certainly Sydney and Melbourne—they're um, more internationally collect- connected, maybe. Or I don't know what it is, but. Um, On the
0: other hand, you've done a lot of. I mean, I, I, one of the things I, I do want to ask you about is—is is what you know you're able to read, or what you find interesting reading. But it occurred to me that all of this can't be that much of a surprise to you, given your doctoral thesis.
1: Oh, here's, here's the thing. I mean, my PhD, as you know, is in the intersection of uh, science fiction and climate fiction. Uh-huh. So, and I only finished a year and a bit ago. So it's all very fresh in my head. So to, in order to write about the fiction of climate around climate change, you have to study the science as well. You have to understand the science. So it's not like I didn't know all about the effects of globalization and the Potentials of pandemics and flow on effects from climate change, and yet I found myself two hours away from getting on an airplane to go to Iqfa uh-huh. um, just like everybody else while the pandemic swept across the globe. I literally had gone to v- I was so looking forward to Iqfa as you know ICFA, I love Iqfa and I was going to go via New Orleans and take photographs. And I was going to stay with some friends and we were going to drive to Iqfa together. And I was online the night before talking to the friends saying, oh, I don't know about this pandemic. Is it, how safe is it? And the friends were going, no, it's no problem. Everything's great. Come over. Nothing's <laughs> wrong. I went to bed and I got up the next morning and I'm there in my pajamas and my friends are online going, don't come. If you haven't left, don't come, don't come. The world's gone to hell in a handbasket. So even with my, all the knowledge I have about what I expected to be coming, I didn't expect it to be coming this year and i that 's what what Timothy Morton talks about when he describes climate change as being right. hyper object too big to see, and i couldn 't see it
0: I think it, that's one of the th- that 's a, that's a very good um, example I guess of what is good and bad about science fictional thinking is that yes, we can see these things happening, but we didn't expect <laughs> them to happen this morning
1: uh, absolutely, and of course um, we now um, uh, we've we've entered into a world where millions and millions of words penned as mimetic fiction have been rendered into fantasy overnight. Uh-huh. Uh, they were set in a time without COVID-19. They've become alternate history. So well, a lot of things are changing very strangely, very quickly. It
0: is. Are, are you finding it? Um, are you finding yourself wanting to read more or less about uh, climate fiction, especially since you read so much of it through, uh, f- for your thesis is because when I fin I finished writing my first book about science fiction, I went up off and read Hemingway for a year because <laughs> I just wanted to get something really, uh, really down to earth.
1: Well, um, look, when I when I handed the the work in, I then spent a year doing jigsaw puzzles. initially. Okay. I did not d- do any any serious engagement with my brain for that whole time. But when the pandemic started, I started out with comfort reading, like many people. Uh-huh. I leapt straight into a big pile of Ellie Griffith's novels. She's She writes um, their novels featuring a character called Dr. Ruth Galloway. They're mysteries. Uh-huh. She's a forensic archaeologist and they're set in Norfolk and they're just so comfy to read. She, I think I read 12 in a row. I started wow. before the pandemic. But then I sort of thought, no, I don't want to just stay in my comfort zone. I want to branch out a little. So I listened to the audio book of The Quantum Magician by Derek Kunskin, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then I, then, and then Paul McCauley's War of the Maps hits. I'm, I'm a big fan of McCauley. So I couldn't wait to leap into that um he's so versatile, like i like i think his techno thrillers might be my personal favorites, but he writes everything he He just writes all these different kinds of genre stories um yeah. I then read this, his this,
0: this, I read that one too, and that's 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 a really interesting mix of genres because on oh. the one hand it's hard science fiction dyson sphere you know kinds of uh technology on the other hand it's it's a medieval quest narrative.
1: It is, and it's epic fantasy, and it's biopunk, and it's it's all of the things. Yeah. So he's just why this man doesn't have a bucket of Hugo's, I'll never know. Um But anyway, and his short stories. Then um I got a a very British history. It's, it's his work from eighty five to two thousand and eleven, and so I downloaded that and read a bunch of them. And each of his short stories is, is like a mini novel. They're just so immersive as well. But anyway, so I was on on a. Into the dark heart stuff. And then another novel i have been really looking forward to landed, which was Monstrous Heart by Australian Claire McKenna. Now, Claire is one of my Clarion buddies from, we were both students at Clarion oh, South huh. in um, uh, 2004. Yes, a long time ago. And Claire is a brilliant short story writer. She's just, she's got a biologist background like Paul and it just seeps right through everything. She cannot get the strange life forms out of her work, and oh, they, everything she writes is just, whether it's science fiction or fantasy, is just so clever. You know, I would, ne- I would never <laughs> be able to write like her. She's just amazing. <laughs> so, Monstrous Heart was every bit as good as I thought it would be, and I highly recommend people. Um, people who are fans of China Mievel would probably like mm. that, And, in fact, in ways it was resonant of uh, War of the Maps. So it's interesting that I accidentally read them back to back. I didn't realise what I was getting into in that way. Then I kept going down Sci-Fi Road and I read Uh Reaper Virtual by another, a debut novel by another Australian called Corey J. White. And, again, I knew Corey through his shorter work. Uh, Liz Grib and I had published one of his stories in our eco-punk anthology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, I mean, and the eco-punk story is great, but this is better than great. I think he's going to be a big star, this guy. I and think the title of the novel again is? Uh, Repo Virtual, so it's a cyberpunk thing. And he just has a real ease with the form, I, I think, um, I, I, yeah, I just I, it published. Um, he had three novellas through tour, so obviously uh-huh. I'm not the only person who's backing this horse, but I was really very impressed. But I also I discovered Tana French during lockdown. Um, now she, uh, I a friend gave me the Secret Place, and oh my God, what a brilliant writer she is. Literary, I love literary grade authors who write genre. That's my favorite crossover. That's my favorite. Um uh blend of skills i guess you could say
0: she said but she's somebody who she's this is a fantasy or a science fiction novel or
1: no 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 it's it's a mystery it's a, she writes murder oh, okay mystery.
0: so she's all right, I, I see what you mean what they well, what they call literary mysteries sometimes
1: i guess i, I look i i had heard her name but i'd never read anything i have too i
0: don't i don't think i have read anything by her
1: and someone else you interviewed for your podcast has also mentioned this particular book. I, I'm afraid I can't remember who it was, but because um, oh. I've listened to all of them, so I've got <laughs> every voices in my head. Great series, by the way. Um, but anyway, Tana French's novels have a little trace of the supernatural in them. It's so slight. Um, but it's there, definitely uh-huh. there. So they, I think you could class them as horror novels. But anyway, what an what amazing writer. And then I segued over to the TV series Dublin Murders, based on another of her books, and that was amazing as well.
0: Okay, so, that's where I know the name from then. Yes, I've,
1: probably, yeah. yeah. So I've been reading my, my head off and really able to immerse myself in reading very comfortably at the moment.
0: So well, what, what have you got coming out in the world that we should be wait, watching for?
1: Um, I have a collection coming out um, through NewCon Press called Dark Harvest, um, and it was supposed to be launched at StokerCon um, in Easter. And, and of course, so not only was I going to Iqfa, I was also going to StokerCon, and I was going to give an academic paper, um, and I was going to have this my lovely new collection launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to do readings and with Maura McHugh and it was just going to be so cool and of course that didn't happen. So oh, that sounds- But um Ian has honored his his commitment to bring the book out. And so I'm very thrilled um that that'll be available in in a couple of weeks. I think it's at the printer already. Right. Um, StokerCon of course will still go ahead, but I can't go over there for August. It's that's just a bit too hard.
0: But, uh, if I'm right, the NewCon NewCon Press distributes in the UK and the US and Australia. Oh yes, yeah.
1: right? okay, absolutely. So. It's a great stable to be a part of. He's got some top draw writers in there. It's got Ken MacLeod, Liz Williams, Justina Robson, and Maura McHugh. So I feel right. absolutely honoured to be included amongst um, that batch of authors.
0: And there was a—I've seen the cover of the book, and a curious question: that—that's an anonymous piece of graffiti art.
1: Yes, well. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but um, I'm a very keen photographer and my my thing that I love to photograph, two yeah. things I love to photograph at the moment is, uh, wall, uh, is animals and birds, like uh-huh. which is my house. I've been doing a lot of lockdown photography there, but b- before I was locked down I'd been doing a lot of travel f- to photograph walls. I went literally oh. went to Hong Kong last year to photograph walls. And the type of walls I'm interested in is... Um, where entropy has set in so someone's put up either some advertising or some art or something and it it's it's become attacked by the elements and it's changed uh-huh. its form so i've got really good camera gear and I, I i look for these things uh deliberate art that's been changed by 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 weathering or non deliberate art stuff that's formed of its own its own accord, you could say, and that piece I came upon in a Hong Kong back alley hmm. and so it had been changed, it had been weathered, it had been, uh, and that's, that is a, a, a study, it's not the full piece and I don't know who did it. People just put this graffiti art just goes up, or street art is probably the better term, all over the world and um, it, it turns into new forms just um, wow, it's,
0: it's the, a striking cover and uh um, yes, and, 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 and again, the title is Dark Harvest, which is a almost classic title for i would think for a collection of horror stories, but I know there are other kinds of stories as well
1: well, the thing is i don't technically write horror I'm a science fiction and fantasy author, but right. particularly everything I've written is a horror story because <laughs> it's so dark and and so and yet you know that it is science- it's science fiction and fantasy yeah i'm I guess thematically it's dark. And I'm trying, one thing I had been trying to work towards is writing less dark fiction, but this is a collection of my recent work, just my what I believe is my best work over the past years, and it, it, it is dark stuff. So hopefully if I get another collection in the future, it'll be looking towards more positive futures. I'm, I'm really, I want to be part of the movement of writing ourselves into a better world. Um, well, but it's, it's so easy not to, isn't it? It's so right easy. Right now to, it uh, is,
0: but let, let, let's hope that there will be some some logical way of making the world look better than it is now. <laughs> the problem with science fiction writers is that they tend to be logical, and logic sometimes leads you toward horror.
1: Well, you're trying to be plausible. I mean, that's the point yeah. of science fiction. That's the underlying idea. And but if we don't, if we can't even imagine it, how are we ever going to get there? I'm right with Kim Stanley Robinson on all of this. That guy is a hero of the revolution, and I, I would like to be able to do what he does in, in at least in, in the way of trying to give us a blueprint for how we might stop fighting and start talking and start getting renewable and positive about. Because, um, yeah, you know, all the life there's ever been is here. We have no evidence there's any life anywhere else. As much as I no. hope there is, we have got to pull our socks up.
0: Well we're we're at the end of our well past the end of our 10 minutes but again the uh, the, the book uh, out very soon is Dark Harvest uh, this is Gary Wolf of the Coot Street podcast been talking to Cat Sparks thank you very much Cat
1: Thank you so much Gary